Hey, friends, welcome to this week's episode of Split Screen Podcast. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Mark. So last week I did the introduction for the podcast because uh, we were talking about Amelie, which is a French film in French. This week no, we are talking not. about Lord of the Rings. So I'm wondering if you would like to take over and do the introduction in Elvish. <laughs> sure. Oh, well, <laughs> we are going to watch the split screen podcast. Uh-huh. I said Elvish, not oh, Elvis. Oh, I thought you said Elvis. Just hit the intro. Good morning, Vietnam! Nobody is looking at you, kid. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I'm gonna make him an offer. just want to point out we did not plan that intro you surprised me then <laughs> thank you thank you very much Had we planned that it would not have been funny <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> you, made, you made me laugh then so today we're here to talk about lord of the rings the 2001 film directed by peter jackson we both did a little secret recording into the microphone last week where we said how we initially feel about it already right um haven't talked about the movie at all and i haven't listened to the episode to know what you said so I haven't listened to it either. Um, and I asked a couple of people who did listen to it. The first thing I said was, don't, don't tell me what Taylor said. It's really important that I don't know. So I don't know if you like it or not. Although uh, you did slightly slip up because the very last text message that you sent me last night. So Taylor and I, Taylor's in LA, in case you didn't know. I'm in uh, England. So there's an eight hour time difference between us. So usually when it's 4 p.m. for Taylor, it's midnight for me and I'm going to bed. Um, and when and right now, as we're recording, it's 4 p.m. for me and it's 8 a.m. for you, right? Right, yeah. So last night you messaged me just as I was going to bed and I laughed just as I was putting the phone <laughs> on the side camera because you said, I can't believe you're making me watch this shitty movie. <laughs> I think I said, I hate you for making me watch this. <laughs> yeah, so I, so I know that your feelings are not, uh, not keen. Well, my, my record last week was that I didn't like the movie initially. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, has it changed for you? How do you feel about the movie? What, what do you, here's how I feel. Oh. I feel like this week, when this week started, I had no idea that I was going to be able to watch something that was so groundbreaking, so important to culture and to life, and so inspiring as a piece of, of beautiful work. And then after I watched Hamilton, I watched the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> That's good. I watched Hamilton too. That was good, right? That was great. I'd love to talk about that, but instead let's talk about this knockoff Harry Potter meets Narnia. Well, I mean, I don't know if that, you know, what's funny. I, <laughs> so I've changed my mind. I thought it was okay. <laughs> good. You know, I, so we, yeah, you're still initially, you still hate it. That's what you're saying. I, I, I don't, I, I, you know what? My, my 13 year old had never seen it. And so I've made a deal with her. Any movie that's on this list, that's appropriate for her to watch. She has to watch with me because she wants to be a director someday. And I, yeah. I just think, you know, it's good. Let's educate ourselves in films that are out there. And so we watched the movie together and afterwards she leaned over to me and she said, in like the perfect way to describe how I feel about the movie. She said, dad, Sorry, you, this, this was before. Before the movie you started, you, she's 13. So after the movie, she turned over to you and she said, Dad, um, we missed my 18th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. Yeah. No, she, she leaned over to me and she said, 
Dad, you know how like when you watch a film, normally you feel emotions for the characters? She's like, I don't feel anything for anyone in this movie. <laughs> and I said, wow. you nailed it. I, I have no affinity for any character in this entire film. Like well, Gandalf died. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, by the way, just in case. You, I mean, if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings by now, you're probably not going to. Yeah. What's the, um, what's the, uh, uh, what's the uh uh you know the the time that we have like is 19 years enough for people to have watched a film before we're technically spoiling it i think it's enough i just realized i didn't start the timer as well so i'm gonna start the timer now because we all know what happens when i don't start the timer so let me just <laughs> don't do tell them how the we... sausage is made man i know other it'll be there's no way we could possibly make it longer than the actual film no 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 so, <laughs> here we go right stopwatch right it's off okay so now i know how long we've we been recording uh five minutes almost exactly actually four minutes and no five minutes now okay (laughs) the lord of the rings has ruined your ability to to understand time yeah and sometimes when i'm looking at a time and i go okay it's 459 does that mean it's gonna start over after 60 or does it go to 100 (laughs) okay well like i said taylor's in america (laughs) what is what is the time in metric Oh gosh, I don't know. We don't we don't have metric time. Um, do you want to plug Maddie's uh, Maddie's YouTube channel because she's a YouTube star? Yeah, my you, my daughter. She doesn't need a plug from us, but <laughs> yeah, we need she, one from her, right? Yeah, my daughter has a, a channel called the Nerdy Girl Maddie with like forty two thousand, almost forty three thousand subs. She gets yeah. videos with millions of hits. And um, well, when she, I last checked, our um, our Amelie episode had forty six. What listeners? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we just we just got to <laughs> point a few zeros on the end of that, and we're going to smash yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we're doing okay. I'm surprised a lot of people are listening to this, and I'm happy. Yeah. So um, so let's get into the film. Let's let's do this. Let's uh, do we it. always start with opening lines. I've got it. Is a long film. I mean, there's no denying that. What did you watch it streaming, or did you have it on DVD or anything? I had to buy it. Okay. <laughs> But, but digitally, you bought it. Digitally. I bought it digitally. Yeah. So I I owned it on DVD and one film, two DVDs. Okay, wait. Here's my question. Did you see this in the theater? Uh, No, I did not. Okay. So the first time you saw it, you thought, I'm going to like this movie enough. I want to own a physical no, my, representation my, of this film. Dude, my wife owned this on DVD, and when it came out, she went to see it. She went to see all of them, and then my wife and her father went to the movies and saw all three movies back-to-back in a single day. What? Yeah. They were in the movie theater for like 14 hours with breaks. Here's what I love is you and I are, I mean, people will find out when we eventually do an episode. Back to the Future's on the list, right? Yeah. So, you know, you and I are avid Back to the Future fans. Yesterday yep. was the 35th anniversary of probably my favorite movie of all time, Back to the yep. Future. And instead, I watched a three-hour introduction to the story of The Lord of the Rings. Well, I think they get through a lot in this movie. I think all they're being right. a little I mean, well, okay. I, I definitely, I, I don't know if everybody's like this, but I definitely am the kind of person that sometimes I can listen to a song and it doesn't make me feel anything. And then I will hear that song in a movie and it will completely change the way that I feel about it. And then I'll be listening to that song all the time and I start to enjoy it. And sometimes the same thing happens with movies. I watched this movie. I hated it years ago when I first saw it. Uh, my wife made me watch it again since then. I still hated it. I fell asleep. I looked at my phone. I did anything but look at the screen. 
last night, I really, really watched this movie and I was making notes. Before I watched the movie, I read everything I could find about it, trivia websites, interviews with the actors. Like I probably spent two, maybe three hours just reading stuff about the movie before I spent three and a half hours. I watched the extended version of this movie last night. See, there was like... 10 extra scenes in it. Mark, you realize you're using the same logic of people who say like, look, I know the first time you smoke, your body rejects it. But if you just keep doing it over and over, (laughs) you'll acquire a taste for it. And then it will slowly kill you over time. That's how I feel about Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I feel like um, the thing that was missing for me in watching this movie before is that I want Taylor's dying laughing. You can't hear him, but he's dying laughing on his camera. Um, (laughs) yeah i feel like what was missing from me before was just uh i'm not a particular fan of this genre i don't like films where people are wearing tights uh you know men are running (laughs) about in tights and they have like uh, leather um you know flanneled kind of um what are they called where you know what genre are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know right (laughs) you know what i mean though but right yeah is what i mean yeah 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 there's dragons, people have swords, bows and arrows, all right. the men have got long hair, they're in tights, high boots, yeah. etc. A lot I'm of care, I mean, no one talked about how this is like a primitive culture, and yet Orlando Bloom was able to brush his hair, apparently, quite frequently, because it was beautiful. Oh man, Orlando, but, and he's an optimist, because he turns up to the biggest battle in history, and he's only got 15 arrows in his bag, so... Yeah, he, he never runs out of arrows in this movie. Never runs out. They don't explain it. They don't explain how he just, he's got a never ending supply of arrows. Well, this is one of the problems I think in this genre of movie. The reason I'm not attracted to them necessarily is that I think that, and I know this criticism can be leveled at Harry Potter and every movie that's got magic in and time travel films and all of that stuff. But I think films like this sometimes suffer the ability to maintain dramatic tension when anything can happen. Right. If you think that they're all safe and then a dragon just bursts out of the lake and kills two of them right that just comes so out of nowhere for me that i can't enjoy it i can't get invested in a story when basically anything can happen right yeah it's it's like the argument of uh some people would say superman is a too perfect of a superhero like he can do anything he can dodge anything so it's like you know you don't really you're not really in suspense because you know it's going to work out well for him when I was a little kid, I used to go to my grandmother's house on a Saturday. My whole, like all my family um, used to go to my grandmother's house. And me and a few of my cousins would generally kind of um, play around, you know, together and hang out in the in the back of the second sort of living room because they all, you know, sat around in the kitchen. Um, but then because I lived the furthest away from all of my family, they would all go home early uh, at five o'clock and I would stay there until nine o'clock at night because my mom wanted to spend the whole day there if she could. So, um, so I would be on my own. And generally that was when I would sit and watch TV in that room by myself. And always at five 30 back then in the UK was the new adventures of Superman with Dean, Dean Kane. Dean Kane, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember this one episode where he gets locked in this prison. There's no way for him to get out. He can't bend the bars or anything. It's all been made so that he cannot escape. And he comes up with this plan to vibrate so fast that his <laughs> atoms break down and he moves through the bars. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, it, you know, it, yeah. This is what they call jumping the shark. We're jumping the shark. No, they they're jumping the shark. But yeah, once they jump the shark, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, in this movie that we're talking about, the Lord of the Rings. You know, there's yeah. these evil Sith-like. You know, are they ghosts? Are they apparitions? Are they a real thing? We don't know at the first, but they they ride on these horses that 
the the horse's feet and mouth are bloody all the time. I mean, they're very ominous. Yeah. And yet just, uh, when they go in water, the the evil things can't go in water. Yeah, they they don't like the water. I'm not sure why. Um Yeah, they that's the thing. They don't explain anything in this movie. I feel like they I feel like they should just turn the camera, break the fourth wall and be like, "You should have read the books." When I said to my wife, "Why don't they go in the water?" she said they don't like to be clean. <laughs> <laughs> does, I don't know. does sarah still watch like will she sit down and watch this movie again does she enjoy I, it she watched it last night again and loved it yeah and she's looking forward to when we have to do the other two she was like are the other two in the in the top 100 movies i said yeah they are she said great i can't wait but harry well, potter is not in in the top 100 none right? of the harry potter movies are in not a single one Interesting. um i just made a note by the way um anyone who's checking out the podcast feed you will notice that there's a bonus episode in there and the bonus episode is called uh, talk about film and it says uh, the world's worst director and it's an episode where i talk about uh, who the person that is credited as being the world's worst director i won't give it away it's just a five minute episode it's a quick bit of information That's great um and i think it's fun you, know, you listen to it right taylor yeah yeah i listened to it and then maddie and i listened to it again in the car because i thought this is good for her to know did she like it she did okay cool so uh yeah it's just a fun little episode with some movie info but i realized that we just used a phrase uh, jump the shark so i'm gonna do i'm gonna do an episode about that there's a little oh that's I'll awesome so i'll explain where that phrase comes from what it means um yeah so if you haven't heard that before jump the shark that'll be the the next little mini bonus episode perhaps so look out for those i look, so, I look forward to that as well Oh, good. Okay. Well, let's get let's get to the film. So you watched it. I watched it. Extended version for me. Two. It's spread across two DVDs, which is a bad start to me. That suggests that it's going to be long, and it was long, nonetheless. Opening line: uh, The world is changed. I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost. For now, <laughs> much that once was is lost. For none now live who remember it. Voiceover is by Kate Blanchett. Uh, originally, it was going to be uh, Elijah Wood, perhaps, or maybe even Ian McKellen. They tried it with both, but it didn't quite work. And then they mm. had Kate Blanchett record it. And uh, Peter Jackson felt that it kind of gave the elves a bit of a timeless quality that she was, you know, overlaying that voiceover. So we're into the story. We know that it's going to be kind of... Um, it's going to be fantastical. And I think that's what I was missing before. Uh, what, that's what I was going to say because I haven't loved movies of this genre and I didn't know enough about them. I think that when I learned a lot more about it and I sat down and I read all of those facts and I learned about other genres mm -hmm. in, you know, other movies in this kind of genre and things like that, I was looking at it from a different perspective and that's what I think allowed me to enjoy it. And I wonder if this podcast will change, will back change your enjoyment of it in a way that will make you more look forward to the other two. Maybe. I hope so. I you, hope so too. It's going to be two long episodes. Well, you mentioned the voiceover does set it up as like it gives you a heads up of this is going to be a pretty heavy, a heavy film. I, I, you know what? I think we should start every year of existence with with a voiceover. Morgan Freeman should just get on a mic and be like, "2020 is going to suck," you know. And then you're like, "Okay, well at least I know what I'm getting into." Yeah, you see that meme that's like. Um, it's a three, uh, a three or four uh, like cartoon strip meme, and someone's a time traveler says to somebody, "What year is it?" And the person says, "2020." And the time traveler says, "Oh, the first year of quarantine." And the <laughs> yeah. second person goes, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's just like that thing. It's really made me laugh. Like the first year of time travel, a really shocked face. The first year of quarantine. So yeah, that we just upped our rating. By the way, I dropped an f bomb there. Right. Oh yeah. 
Well, I think you can drop three before it's rated R, according to Lin Manuel Miranda. In future, I'll do a what the. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. So um, we get started. There's kind of this epic battle. I mean, the the battles are good. You know, the fighting action and the CGI. Tell me, what do you what do you feel about that? Yeah, it's funny. I remember seeing this in the theater and you know this is this film's almost 20 years old and at the time i mean it's like groundbreaking effects and visual effects and it's funny even watching it now i'm like oh it looks really great and my daughter who's 13 sitting next to me going like oh that was so obvious and i'm like oh <laughs> really yeah she was just i yeah. thought the visual effects stood up really well yeah i was i was very surprised that like she you know having her only perspective the last 13 years you know it's interesting to see how yeah how yeah, some that's stuff really not necessarily watching much older movies again like our understanding of what is possible in cgi goes back so differently to watching things that were really bad right yeah i mean you watch some movies like holy moly you go back and watch some and you go this is this is not good yeah but yeah some the effects I, I like the effects in this movie I thought the effects were pretty good. I thought it was interesting. And yeah. I thought that the CGI battles and everything were really good. Apparently, Peter Jackson kind of paid for that technology out of his own pocket and has used it in other movies and things. And, you know, he kind of was pioneering that sort of thing to be able to do those large scale, huge battles with that many people in them. And yeah. everyone had to have a certain autonomy and not all just move the same way. And they really invested in it, as I understand. Yeah, I really liked the kind of forced perspective vibe of, you know, seeing Gandalf being massive compared to Frodo and, you know. Yeah, they did that in a bunch of different ways as well. Like they had props in all different sizes. So every prop that a character had to hold had a medium size, a small size and a large size. They did uh, for a scene with the ring, they had like a huge, um, huge giant size version of the ring so that it could be in focus in the foreground at the same time as someone else was in focus in the background. And they really pushed to make the forced perspective thing work. Yeah. See, now I'm just thinking, all right, I'm going to start liking this movie because of what you're saying. But it's going to be similar to when I go to like a friend's, you know, kids talent show and I go, look, it wasn't good, but they worked really hard. And I respect that. Oh, yeah. We we also get introduced to the voice of Gollum quite early on as well. We don't really get to see him. Andy Serkis is a big, uh, he's big in this movie, in in this movie uh, franchise, but he's not really in this movie. I I was surprised because it's been. Oh, sorry. Go on. I just said it's been so so long since I've seen this film. I was surprised at how little he is in this film. Yeah, if it you don't really ever see him, do you? It's kind of he's referred to, Mm -hmm. and you see a silhouette of him in his cave, and that's it. Yeah, it's about it. But he does come in more in the in the other movies, as I remember. I mean, he must do. If you mention Lord of the Rings, that voice is the first thing anyone ever says. Right. Right. What is the give me give me the most iconic line to you in this movie? Will that spoil anything you're about to share? No, what, I don't think so. What stands out? When someone brings up Lord of the Rings, what what do you quote the most? Uh, it's the bit where Ian McKellen shouts, you shall not pass. Oh, okay. That's I good. think that would be the bit. That's good. I picked up a weird echo. I hear that as well. And we're back. <laughs> back slight audio problem but we're there we're all good so uh yeah we don't see Gollum in this movie really but we are we do begin we kind of get off after the battle we find out that there's this ring it's got powers now we're in the shire and we first meet uh bilbo bilbo baggins played by ian holm who sadly died last month in june oh, i love i love the shire 
When uh, that scene when they're going into it, and I, and I just go like, I want to be there right now. Like I'd love to quarantine at the Shire. It looks pretty nice. You know, they made that set a full, a bit like what's done by me. They made that set a full year before they needed to use it for the movie. And uh, they just let it grow naturally, you know, and then went back oh, and trimmed it. And cool. they kept, uh, they had sheep, which kept the grass at a level. So the That's the set, pretty cool. They filmed in New yeah, Zealand, right? They filmed in New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. And they just let sheep roam around in the actual set, but it was really there and they left it for a year prior to building. Um what I do want to say, actually, is that Ian Holm, people will know from Alien. He was in the Alien movie mm-hmm. and plays a great character in that. And he certainly gets angry and he shows a little bit of that in this movie. Yeah. Um, he, he, played, also, he played the Alien, he, right? Uh, he <laughs> played, the, played the... No, he did not play the Alien. Uh, he plays the uptight science officer, the medical science officer in Alien. But he, um, he also narrated the original BBC uh, version of Lord of the Rings on the radio in 1981. So he was connected to the movie already. Oh, wow. I didn't know they did, they did a radio version of it. Yeah, radio version, and he uh, he was involved in that. So we come in at his birthday party, and uh, we find out that things, all those things are going to happen. And then we also meet Frodo, played by Elijah Wood, who um, is in our favorite movie. Yes, he is. Well, he's in the second one. Yeah. He's in Back to the Future 2. Very briefly, he's one of the kids in the arcade when he plays. Uh, yeah. What's the name of the gunslinger? Yeah, uh, yeah. How do you how do you play this thing? Let me show you, yeah. kid. Yeah, you have to use your hands. It's like a baby's toy. Yeah, and he's been in a ton of crappy movies since, but he's been in a couple of good ones. Yeah, Maddie is the one who told me that yesterday. I didn't realize that was him, but she is obsessed with like what other movies have these people been in. So any anytime we're watching something, she's on IMDb looking at what else they've been in. You didn't know that that was him as a kid. I had no idea that was him as a kid. No. You know what you'll love and what Maddie will love? There's a website called NotStarring, NotStarring.com. And if you go on NotStarring.com and type in any movie, it will tell you every actor that was considered for that role in a movie. Oh, that's cool. You can search by the actor too, and you can find out all the movies that they potentially got offered and didn't end up doing. Oh, that's really cool. NotStarring is what I've updated my Facebook status to. Yeah, NotStarring anywhere right now. Um, there is a line that I really like here, actually, and I think it sets up character really well. And it's when we first meet uh, Gandalf, because Gandalf is this, you know, imposing huge character. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, Frodo gives him a bit of stick for being late. Uh, and then Ian McKellen, with his lovely rich voice, says, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives exactly when he intends to. And then they both kind of laugh and he's serious, but then they both laugh and you realize that they're friends. They respect each other. He's not going to take himself too seriously tonight early moment of levity right well and he smokes a lot of weed right well i don't know if it's weed but he does he vapes he certainly is like an original <laughs> vapor he's, yeah. a, he's an og yeah. vapor he's got one of those pipes where he's like he wants you all to see he's got a pipe like the massive long oh yeah it's incredible yeah. it's a huge old thing yeah. when he's not smoking it he stores it in the end of his stuff you occasionally see <gasps> i didn't know that slightly sticks out of the top of his staff every now and again See, I'm liking this movie even more now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I took eight pages of notes and we've just turned on to number two. So who knows? In another seven pages, you might get all the way there. I might. We'll see. We'll find out. I mean, it took them three hours and they didn't get all the way there. All right. Yeah. Well, you never. Well, this reminds (laughs) me of that Fellini quote. There's a quote by the director Fellini that says, uh, no critic could ever say more about a movie than the movie itself, although they do their best to to tell us. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) <laughs> so you never know so uh yeah gandalf gets into bilbo's house and they chat a little bit and now we finally find out how 
small the hobbits are because you know that force perspective thing that you talked about is really in action right yeah yeah uh, the, and ian mckellen he bangs his head twice then too you'll notice he bangs his head on the chandelier but then he turns and he bangs his head on the beam and apparently the second time was not in the script it's a genuine accident <laughs> but it doesn't break character and um, peter jackson thought it was really funny so they kept it in the script oh that's great yeah there's only two i think there's that's one of two bits of humor i caught in this entire film oh really <laughs> The other one is second breakfast, which comes pretty early, and it's one of my favorite lines. But like, uh, they joke about second breakfast, and you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be funny," and then like, nothing funny happens the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. I like in that part when he says he knows about second breakfast because I don't think so. And he goes, "Elevensies." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supper. He knows about them, doesn't he? No, like twelve meals a day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, count on it. Yeah, so then, uh, so we're at Bilbo's party, and we meet Samwise Ganji for the first time, who's also in one of our favorite movies. That's right, Goonies. Yeah, Sean Astin, and he's in Stranger Things. <laughs> and he's in Stranger Things. Bob. He's Bob. Good old Bob. Spoiler yeah. alert. Moment it's, of silence said, for Bob. It said in the trivia for this that he gained thirty pounds for this role, and um, and I think he, he kept him on for playing Bob. Because <laughs> he gained thirty pounds for this role, and he didn't stop. He's yeah, because like, I didn't notice he looks exactly the same as he does when he plays Bob. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I, I'm gaining. I wonder what role I'm gaining all this for. <laughs> i'm like i'm doing it i'm like christian bale in vice <laughs> i got big cheney pounds <laughs> i'm i'm i've gained so much weight during quarantine you would think i'm trying to hide from somebody <laughs> yeah yeah you're about to go into witness, witness protection. Protection. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly me too we're just sitting on our asses watching a bunch of films right how many how many ryan gosling films have you watched this week Oh, dude, I watched five today. <laughs> no kidding. Because I'm doing it. So I'm going to do another special, folks. Here's breaking news. I'm going to do every uh, every time we um, every time we watch a movie, I'm going to kind of um, do a, my favorite films of this particular person. And so I've been watching every single Ryan Gosling movie because uh, we picked um, we picked another film for the next one. We already chose what our next episode is going to be. It's going to be La La Land, breaking news. And so I chose... Um, I've chosen Ryan Gosling and I'm watching all of his films. So I had to watch five today. Look, if you got to choose someone to look at repeatedly, not a bad fella, not a bad looking, not a bad looking guy. Well, Taylor just sent me a great cliff. Oh yeah. My, uh, one of my favorite comedians, Pete Holmes has a bit about how he's, he's a, he's a straight man except for Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah. Gay for Gosling. <laughs> yeah. It's a great bit. It really made me laugh. It's so true. God, I love Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> when i was working at the uh when i was working at this magic convention um rob zabrecki who uh people from la will probably know formerly of the band possum dixon and now magician um i was chatting to him backstage and i was talking to him about the fact that i'd just seen la la land while i was in la and i said is it weird for you coming out of the movie theater we'll talk about this next week and being in the place where the movie just happened which had occurred to me after i saw la la land and uh, he said he never thought about it before. And I said, I love Ryan Gosling so much. And he said, oh, I'll tell him he's my friend. And I said, you're the coolest person. You know? <laughs> yeah. Pete Holmes has another bit where he talks about how, about being straight, but no one, he, he says, he says, we're all straight, but only to a certain amount of days. He's like, let me explain. If you're trapped on a desert island with somebody, he's like, he's something like for 71 days, straight as an arrow. But on that 72 day of no one else showing up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like unless it's ryan gosling then it's 27 days 
And if it's Ryan Gosling, it's 27 seconds. Is that right? Is is that, that looks, it's right. Dude, come here. I'm ready for you. <laughs> I just love him so much. And I've literally watched five of his movies today. But anyway, I'll save that for the special. So we, we cannot avoid talking about this film. I know well, you didn't love it. it, 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 it we, we're here to talk about it, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the point is talking about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and we've been recording for 25 minutes, so we've got to get on with it. Wow, and look how much fun we've had in 25 minutes. You think they could have applied some of those techniques to, <laughs> to the film? Yeah. All right, stop shitting on the movie. It wasn't that fun. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm settling into this guy. I'm just going to be this guy. Yeah. All right. So, everyone who ha- I, I just want I want to I want to be the guy on the podcast that everyone who loves Lord of the Rings hates right now, but they're going to keep yeah. listening to it. Because that's what people who like Lord of the Rings do. Yeah, they sit through they something. Sit, <laughs> sit through something they don't really like. <laughs> so they have a huge Taylor's now laughing and clapping. He's having the time of his life. It's like therapy for you, isn't it? So they have the party. Bilbo does a speech. He but he decides to go and he puts on the ring and now boom, he vanishes. He's gone into nowhere. Everybody is shocked. But um Gandalf immediately turns up to the cottage where he lives and he finds him and they have a huge row about it. And they, they drop the ring on the floor and the ring doesn't bounce at all. It just hits the ground and boom, stays. Yeah. And uh, apparently in an interview, I read that uh, Sean Astin said that to make that work, the ring was magnetic and they put a huge magnet under the floor so that when they dropped the ring, it wouldn't bounce at all. It would just stick to the floor to wow, emphasize that's its cool. weight. That's cool, right? That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And then uh, Gandalf rides off and uh, we, see, we see a bit of New Zealand for the first time. We see the real landscapes and things. And it's such a beautiful country, clearly. I've never been, but it's amazing to see on film. I've been to the airport, but I will tell you their Annie Ann's pretzel was so much nicer than all the other Annie Ann's pretzels I've seen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, Gandalf has kept the ring because he realizes that it's got evil powers and Bilbo agrees to give it back and, you know, not to keep it. And Gandalf says, it's got to go somewhere. It's got to be taken. It's got to be taken back to the place that it was made and destroyed. Yeah. And so Frodo decides that he's going to do it. So him and his best friend, uh, Samwise, who's hiding outside the window, they, uh, they get sent off on the mission to do it. And uh, they head off to kind of, um, they set off on an epic two DVD journey to try and get rid of this ring. Yeah, it's very standby me-ish. You feel like, all right, we're going to have we're going to have like a standby me vibe going here. Two- well, it's it, it's funny you should say that because it really is standby me-ish because the very next thing that happens is they bump into their other two friends and then they become a foursome that are going on this journey and then it really did remind me of standby me. Right. The two uh, the two friends of course, one of them played by Billy Boyd who you haven't really seen in anything. He's done a few things but not a bunch. He's done some UK TV shows and stuff. Uh, and Dominic Monaghan, who's, uh, this was his first movie, his break into films, but he's been in Wolverine, Rise of Skywalker, and also played Charlie for six years in Lost. So uh, people will recognize him for that. That's a bit where you talk. <laughs> I was just, I'm ashamed to say, I've never seen Lost. Oh, geez, Taylor, come on, man. Help me out. This is going to be the hardest record ever. You're like, why well, did I pick this guy as my co-host for a movie podcast? Now you've got to watch some stuff. All right. I better get <laughs> so, to work. Off they go. They're on. Four friends, epic journey. The scene is set. And that's kind of how it rolls. I mean, they're going to go on a long walk and a lot of different stuff's going to happen on that walk. Yeah. Um, and the four of them basically stay together. They're going to meet some other people. And so let's get into that. They're in a pub. Um, Frodo, his he's falls and the ring flies up in the air. Oh, There's yeah. a moment when the ring lands right, lands on, his right on his finger. And he vanishes. 
Yeah, that's like the iconic scene from the from the posters too. The ring is just about to land on his finger looking up. It's great. The cinematography, I mean, is really good. The cinematography, I wrote down the guy's name, uh, is uh, Andrew Lesney. And he's worked a bunch on Peter Jackson's films. I don't watch a ton of Peter Jackson films because he does a lot in this genre. But they do work together a lot. Long-time collaborators. And uh, the cinematography is brilliant. You know, the, oh, yeah. it's, it looks great. Um, so... Um, the ring lands on his finger. Everyone finds out that he's got this ring and a, and a bunch of people have heard of it and know who it is. And this is when we first meet Vigo Mortensen, who at this point is called Strider. They don't know his real name. Yeah. He kind of keeps it on the DL because we find out in a bit that he's kind of heir to this throne and he's sort of a king and stuff, but he likes to play it calm. He's just in the corner staring at him, not saying a word. Chilling, yeah. For yeah. me, he's the best thing in this movie. I think he's such a great actor and I think mm-hmm. he brings good weight to this role and he's interesting and kind of, you know, he's got good dynamic um, range as an actor. He's serious. He can be kind of funny at times. He's charming. He's got it all. The whole package, baby. The whole package. The, we, they call Apparently that as well. the it um, factor, I believe. Yeah, to stay in character, he walked everywhere and he always kept the sword with him. He liked to build up like a bit of a sweaty kind of... Um, sweaty air and look like he'd been traveling like a real road warrior so everywhere on set he would just walk he'd never be driven anywhere no matter how far it was he was walking i love that kind of i love when when actors are just like i'm gonna get in this character by basically being this character i was just i just watched uh ferris bueller again and uh charlie sheen you know that scene where we are we doing ferris bueller on this podcast we're not doing ferris bueller no who picked this list You've seen you've seen Ferris Bueller though, is it? Yeah, of course. So there's a scene where Charlie Sheen, they're they're you know in the police station, and he's like sitting there just looking all disheveled. He stayed up apparently for two days straight before filming yeah. that. Didn't sleep at all. And then after he played that character, he stayed in character for the rest of his <laughs> life. <laughs> does does insomnia have bad effects on you? Watch Ferris yeah, Bueller. No kidding. So. uh <laughs> Apparently Viggo Mortensen as well. He kept the sword with him the whole time. The guy who did the, the sword coaching on the film, whose name was Bob Anderson, he, uh, he trained him and he said that he was the most natural swordsman he'd ever worked with. And this guy, Bob Anderson, was like a stunt double for lightsaber battles in Star Wars. He won gold medals for fencing and all sorts of stuff. It's like an amazing, you know, uh, fencer and swordsmith and all of that. Um, and he said that Viggo Mortensen was total natural. So Viggo never, he, he wasn't like a sword. He didn't do any sword play before then or fencing or in that. He just, how cool to be natural at sword fighting. Yeah. And it's a big, he, he, he insisted on the real heavy one as well. Most people had like prop swords right. that were made to look heavy, but were lighter. But he had the real deal. His was the weight that it should have been. Mark, have you ever tried to play like fight with a sword? It's funny you should say that actually, because years ago I had a job at a medieval theme park and uh, I was a jester. But in, in part of the show where it was like the horses, you know where they charge down? It's called the tilt. They charge opposite each other and they try to hit each other with the, um, the lances. Oh, yeah. They would do that and then they would get off and they would fight with swords and everything. There was a very brief moment where one of the swords got dropped and I had to pick it up and give it back to the guy who was fighting. But during that, I'd get attacked and I'd have to sword fight. And um, I remember my first day at rehearsing that bit and them going, so the sword gets dropped and you got to pick it up. Dude, it was like the sword in the stone. I went to pick this thing up from the ground. I couldn't even <laughs> lift it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll just pick this sword up and do the bit. And I'm like, oh my God, this thing is so heavy. And they were, fight- they were fighting with him and everything. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot harder than it looks. I'll say that. I love that this is how you describe like one of your first jobs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a hell of a gig, man. Let me. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 
So, um, so there is that. It's funny, actually, we're talking about uh, staying in character. Uh, Sean Bean kind of did a bit of that too, but not on purpose. He, uh, he's terrified of flying. And a lot of the scenes in this movie take place at the top of this hill in New Zealand, you know, because it had the amazing uh, views around. And right. It was kind of, uh, kind of the perfect set. But Sean Bean is terrified of flying. And one of the first days when he flew up to the set, he went in the helicopter with Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan, and they both knew that he hated flying. So they were purposefully asking the pilot, hey, why don't you show us what the helicopter can do? So the guy's <laughs> swinging the helicopter around doing all this stuff. Sean Bean hated it so much that every day he walked up to that set he hiked the mountain, which took over two hours in his full costume. Wow. Yeah. Cause he hated flying so much. That, yeah. That's well, for me, I, I would get to a point where I hated that walk so much that I just would yeah. get over the fear of heights. I mean, how long can it take to fly up a mountain in a helicopter? It must've been like a two minute ride. Yeah. Right. Can't you just close your eyes or hum a song or. Yeah, no, I've, apparently I read that um, that one of the stunt doubles did an interview and he said that actually he could have gone, but it was kind of about making a point that he wanted to show people he was angry about what had happened and he got a bit <laughs> stuck in it, as far as I understand. That's funny, So, man. so uh, yeah, they're uh, they're on this kind of uh, thing now and uh, and Vigo, as, um, as uh, uh, well, Strider, but later to become Aragon, he's um, he's going to help them out, and he's going to take them on the on the journey. And uh, they get into a bit of a fight, and Frodo gets hurt; he gets stabbed, and um, yes, he needs some help. But now, Liv Tyler appears. Oh yes. Now I changed my mind. Liv Tyler is the best thing in this movie. So this movie came out two thousand one, right? Yeah. So this was I was I was nineteen when this. No, I was eighteen when this movie. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, uh, Liv Tyler, daughter of Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. Yeah. When I was much younger and just coming into my own and discovering the opposite sex, uh, she was in one of their music videos. Okay. Her and Alicia. Was it, so uh, was it don't want to miss a thing for the movie? No, uh, uh, no, it was, it was, uh, I think it was crying. It was either crying oh, okay. or crazy. Uh, all I know is that I'd never seen anything like Liv Tyler in this. <laughs> and I did. I, I avoided the fact of how weird it was that this was the daughter of the very old man singing the song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have a similar, similar feeling. I mean, I first saw Liv Tyler in the uh, Tom Hanks movie, uh, That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah. I love that film so much. It's got such a catchy song in it. And I remember I first saw Liv Tyler in that and God, I just loved it so much. Yeah. I, I, we were trying to figure out, we're watching this and we're going like, okay, elves, so the elves live forever. Help me with this. These elves live forever. They're immortal. They, they don't, they don't live forever, but they live for hundreds of years, which creates a bit of a problem in the story because Aragon, Vigo Mortensen's character is in love with Arwen, which is Liv Tyler's character. But and, if she, um, if she, she goes says, with there's him, a really nice bit yeah. where she says, I'd rather live one lifetime with you than, you know, a hundred lifetimes without you and all that. And they're in love, but they can't really be together because he's going to live a normal man's life and she's going to live for ages. And, you know, that'd be awkward. So explain to me, I mean, how old, how old is she in the, when this movie is, I mean, she's what in her early twenties. Uh, yeah. So explain to me how, how elf aging works. Because she gets to like, you know, early 20s prime, and then the other guy lives till he's like mid 40s, and then they just stop aging. Like, can, can, can you decide at what point you stop aging? 
I do, don't really know. Do how they it works. begin as infants? Yeah. This I movie mean, explains nothing. <laughs> you're worrying about the wrong things. I feel. No, you're trying to tell me these guys live forever, but one of them, you know, just stops aging at twenty, and the other one stops aging at forty-five. Explain it to me, Mark. Dude, this is a film where a giant, crazy, insane, huge-sized octopus gets killed by a single one of Orlando Bloom's arrows. <laughs> you know, there are plenty of plot holes. Why don't you worry about how old Liv Tyler is? <laughs> she's like 20 for 100 years, and then she's 25 for two there, years. There you go. See, that makes sense. Yeah, they're exactly the age they need to be for the plot of the film to progress for as long as they need to be. Yeah. That's how it works. Her father in this film is played by Hugo Weaving, who uh, people will know from uh, The Matrix as well. And, uh, you know, he's older in this film, so he's been around for a long time and he's lived a ton of lifetimes. I just don't know how it works. I want to know. I want me to explain everything. Look, no other film podcasts are talking about this. We are, this is brown great. This is brown graking. (laughs) Brown graking. It's brown graking. So. He's not happy. They've all turned up. He says the ring's got to go. They've all got to bail. Now we meet Sean Bean. Sean Bean, of course, uh, is in a ton of things like this. He's in Sharp. He's in Age of Heroes. Of course, Game of Thrones. He is never happier than when he's got a sword and shield and never unhappier than when he's in a helicopter, we found out. He's joined by Orlando Bloom, who's blonde-haired and blue-eyed, and he actually got this gig. Get this, Orlando Bloom landed the film two days before he finished drama school. Imagine that. He's just about what? to complete the course and boom, he's in like the biggest movie franchise ever. That's crazy. And this is a big movie franchise. Let's not forget, like these things cost nearly 300 million to make, but they made 3 billion back. Ugh, it's crazy. That's what the, a gamble. Three, yeah, I know, right? Two, 200, and they shot them all back to back. Like, you know, all three movies were getting made at the same time across 16 months. No gaps. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, That's two days little... before they finish. Um, Sean Bean and Orlando Bloom had been in a movie together before. Uh, sorry, not before, but they were then in Troy together as well. So uh, not the, first, the only time they've appeared on screen. So we have this big council meeting. ton of different actors are in it. Uh, all of the cast are kind of together at this point. Um, they decide that they're going to take, the, uh, take the ring off on this journey and they're going to form the Fellowship of the Ring, which is what the film's called. Yeah. So now we've got... Uh, we get a new character introduced, which is uh, Gimli, played by John Reese davis Now, I'm interested. Did you, did you see him in Sliders? No, I've never seen Sliders. <laughs> oh, dude, Sliders was like the best TV show ever. <laughs> he played this guy that was like a, like a uh, what was he? He was kind of a, I don't remember exactly what he was. He was just an interesting fellow. And him and three other characters, one of whom was played by, um, by the kid from last week from Stand By Me, uh, who grows up to be very cool and isn't cool in this. What's his name? Uh, the, he plays. Um, oh, you're. Oh, you're thinking of Jerry. Mc, uh, Jerry. Jerry O'Connell. O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. He plays. Um, he plays the lead in this. Quinn Mallory, and he invents this time machine thing where they can jump through a portal and they go to an alternate universe. Um, and the only way that they can get back is to keep jumping into new portals, and, and a new one appears every 24 hours. So they basically just have to survive in whatever land they're in, and then. 24 hours later, they get back to the portal and that's kind of the dramatic tension. It's called Sliders. I think it's available on uh, on Amazon or somewhere like that, but it was really cool. But John Rhys-Davies was in that and he was great. What's important here though is that he's a big man. He's a huge dude. And in this, he plays a dwarf called Gimli. Oh, wow. 
Um, um, yeah, yeah, see, so I want to I would much. I would wa- rather watch like the the way they made this movie. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, like like you know what I mean. Like I want to see the. I want I would watch three hours of how the special effects came to be. Yeah, and how they pulled well, all that off. Which there could be three hours on how the meme get got created because the Sean Bean meme. It's like one does not simply walk into Mordor. You know that's a constant meme. One does not simply insert yeah. thing here. That happens in this scene. A meme is born. In this a scene. meme is born. Yeah, a meme is born. For, Sean for unto saying, us, a meme is born. Yeah, one does not simply, etc. So there we go. What's we, really cool here, though, we've forgotten to mention. Even, we've forgotten to mention something, Mark. What have we forgotten? That like every three minutes of this film, they get chased by the evil guys on horses, and then they get out. Yeah, they're pretty good at getting away. It happens I mean, every time. Every three to five minutes. <laughs> yeah, Sar- uh, Saruman's army is always looking for them. They're attracted to the the power of the ring, so they always kind of seem to find them. Um, yeah, so we've got the nine members of the Fellowship. The nine members are, of course, the four friends. We've now got Gimli, uh, Legolas. Uh, we've got the we've got Aragon. We've got Gandalf. We've got Boromir. They're all together. Um, yeah. The nine people, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but all nine of them uh, wanted to get tattoos. That they got the elvish version of nine. Um, Did they really? Every single one of them, except for John Reese Davies, who played Gimli. He didn't have any tattoos and didn't want any tattoos. So his stunt double got the tattoo instead. No. Yeah. Wait, Ian McKellen has a tattoo of this? Ian McKellen has the number nine in elvish. Where is it at? I don't know where his is. I know that Orlando Blooms is on his forearm and Sean Bean is on his upper arm. And if you look online, you can see them. I didn't look where Ian McKellen's is actually, but they've all got them, all nine of the members, except for John Reese davis His stunt double did it instead. Wow. Yeah, that's actually, uh, I looked into other um, other film stars, you know, because I do the research. I don't just sit as the other person on this podcast and say, <laughs> wow, every five minutes and be bored the rest when I hate them. <laughs> 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 I can I can feel it. I can feel the tension. <laughs> I'm so glad. Honestly, man, I put so much effort into this particular podcast because I knew I know that when you just don't like the movie, you're gonna be like, oh, I hate this shitty film. Well, yeah, no, it's it's good. <laughs> so I did I researched in every direction I could. And this is really cool actually. I looked into um other actors that have got tattoos from movies that they're in. Yeah. I found out the Avengers all got tattoos. Oh, that's um, cool. The Avengers symbol, except for Mark Ruffalo, who is afraid of needles. He did not get one. The Hulk is afraid of needles? The Hulk is afraid of needles. Oh, that's really, that kind of kills the whole vibe, man. Yeah, you know, all gone. people who are listening to this should know that Mark James has tattoos all over his body of his favorite movies. All of your tattoos are movie related. Do yeah, you have any tattoos that are not movie related? I do not. So every tattoo on your body is from a film that you love. Apart from Stranger Things, which is a TV show. That's right. Okay, so when I told Madeline that we're doing this this podcast and, you know, that it's all the best movies of all time, and so now she just asked me, she hasn't asked me, did Mark like Lord of the Rings? She just goes, does Mark have a Lord of the Rings tattoo? I said, no, he doesn't. She goes, okay, I know he doesn't like it then. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. I get one tattoo every week. Yeah, I mean, you. what I love is that you got a Stranger Things tattoo like season one, right? Right. So here's the thing, right? <laughs> I before I had any tattoos, um, I saw my friend who's covered in tattoos and kind of is one of the people who made me want to get them. 
And uh, he had a tattoo. He just got a tattoo that week. I saw him. He's like, dude, I just got a tattoo. And I, what is it? And he went, it's a pizza slice. And he showed me his arm and he had like a tiny sort of, um, maybe half the size of your palm pizza slice. And I, I remember going, why would you get a pizza slice tattoo? Like, that's insane. It makes no sense. And then once you've got like five or six, you think, oh yeah, pizza slice. <laughs> yeah. My buddy started with all these really important uh, tattoos, you know, things that really meant a lot to him until yeah. he, he had this like near sleeve, but then he had all these tiny spaces. So now he just fills it in with all sorts of random stuff. Just like. Yeah. That's kind of what happened to me. Stranger things. Like I, w- I was in the tattooist. I got a huge tattoo on one arm of all back to the future stuff. And then um, while I'm sitting there and uh, I'm getting tattooed uh, by, her uh, name is Natalie. Hey, Natalie, if you listen to this, um, she, um, she said, oh, the next person after you just canceled on me. I said, how long did they have? And she said, like an hour and a half. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> what? And I'm like, I'll take it. Like, tell me how much. I'll take it right now. We'll design something and we'll just put it on today. And, and so what that was, and what what was that? What, what tattoo was that? Um, so I was getting the Back to the Future one while that happened. And then so while she's tattooing the Back to the Future one and finishing it off, I'm using my other hand to Google stuff and I'm looking up like things, cool tattoos. And I'm, someone's got like a Stranger Things tattoo. And I think, oh, I could come up with a cool Stranger Things tattoo. So um, I came up with a few ideas and I showed them to her. And she's like, yeah, what if we did like three or four little things in these gaps that were all to do with Stranger Things? And so that's exactly what I got. So I got like a number 11 and I got a half an ego with friends don't lie. Right. And then I got like a circle of lights with the upside down written in it. <laughs> and I just decided there in the chair. Uh, which I love Stranger Things. I, I just, I think it's so funny that before you've seen how it ends, like what if it, t- what, what if Stranger Things gets real racist at the last season? <laughs> I mean, that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> oh, Next season, all the kids are wearing MAGA hats. <laughs> yeah. I, do. I mean, I was thinking to myself, there's nothing you could say that would make me care. And then you're like, what if again? Oh, yeah, shit. That would be, that would be awkward. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Fingers, fingers crossed, guys. Stranger Things hangs on in there. It's state of the left. So, um, yeah, so that's uh, their tattoos. Uh, Sophie Turner from, uh, uh, from Game of Thrones, which is kind of similar to, to this in some ways. She has a House Stark tattoo with one of her lines, the pack survives. Um, and also she got a second tattoo to do with Game of Thrones, along with Maisie Williams, who's also in the show. And they got the date that they were both cast into the show. Neil Patrick Harris, fellow uh, Los Angeles, what do you say? Los Angelino, Los Angelian. Yeah, I think, is he in, I think he's in New York now, unless he moved back. Oh, okay, but well, yeah. he has one, um, yeah, but he which was... is the volunteer fire department, which is from a series of unfortunate events. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, Suicide Squad cast, they all got him. Not only did they get him, Margot Robbie bought her own tattoo machine and learned to tattoo, and she did a couple of them. What? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think, uh, I think Will Smith did one on someone, too. Uh, Brian Cranston really? has one. Yeah, yeah. Brian Cranston has the uh, the Breaking Bad chemical symbol on the inside of his finger. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Aaron Paul got one too. He's his says no half measures. And uh, Amelia Clark, who's also in Game of Thrones, she got a bumblebee. Um, like her character had one in uh, Me Before You, which is a very sad film, um, but it's very good. So um, yeah, she has one, but nothing to do with uh, Game of Thrones. Hers wow. is from a different movie. 
Wow. So yeah. So we <laughs> I'm just I'm just doing it now to annoy you. Since you called me out. It's okay. I'm not annoyed. You, you I knew that this was what you'd be like because you didn't love the film. <laughs> Thankfully, I think you like La La Land. So next week should be a breeze. Oh, but that's yeah. okay. Don't tell me if you like it or not. Ryan um, Gosling and a musical? Are you kidding me? I know. Yeah, and Emma Stone. It's a dream. Um, but anyway, so um, they that's the end of DVD one for me. Like oh, all the Fellowship of the Ring are together and they're about to set off on the journey together. Let me just, actually, you did the first move, disc. Let me do the second disc. Okay. Nothing cool. else interesting happens, and then the movie doesn't end when it's over. Yeah, basically, it's a lot of the same. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know when Tom and Jerry when they the cats chasing the mouse, and then yeah. you go wait a minute they already passed that table in the hallway, and then they just continue to run past the same table in the hallway. That's how yeah. Peter Jackson made this movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, he made three billion on it though, right? <laughs> Three billion dollars worth of nothing, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> but now they're off. Gandalf's with them too. They're quite a good. They're they're a good set of nine. You know, they they're all they should be equipped. Here's a funny thing. Guess I'm going to turn this into a quiz instead. This is this is it. great. This is like I feel like you um you trying to get me interested in this is like um you know the government trying to keep our president interested in anything without mentioning his name. <laughs> yeah. Even interested in being president. Yeah. Okay, go for it. Let's do it. I love that right now also the people that agree with me about this movie are feeling for me having to sit through this, right? And the yeah. people that love the movie are feeling for you having to put up with me. <laughs> it's There's something for everyone. Let's make it a quiz. Um, okay, so who do you think was potentially considered for the role of Gandalf? Um, I think... I'll give you some clues. Okay. They play every role with a Scottish accent, even if they're a Russian submarine commander. Oh, Sean Connery? <laughs> That's right, yeah. Sean really? Connery was potentially offered the role, but turned it down because he did not understand the script. <laughs> Sir Sean Connery's with me. Yeah, he said, I just don't get, I don't get, I don't get what this I, is about. I don't, I don't get, get it. I don't get it. Excuse me, Miss Moneypenny. I don't get what this is about. Well, this is uh, a yeah. damn. This is a damn cruelty. Also, Ian McKellen's best buddy, Patrick Stewart, he was offered it too, but he didn't like it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I'm with them. They hit, <laughs> yeah. They hit their next challenge. We've got the giant black octopus. I thought that bit was pretty cool. He gets killed by. Uh, he gets killed by Legolas at Orlando Bloom, but I thought that bit was good and tense, and I thought the giant octopus was pretty neat. Yeah, I thought at first they were uh, they were big snakes, like eels, and then yeah, it turned yeah. into an octopus. Apparently, Orlando Bloom spent two months learning archery for this movie. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Learning to learning to be an archer and practicing with the bow and arrow every day, two months. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like that Orlando Bloom is is referring to this whole experience. Like, well, at least I learned how to be an archer out of it. <laughs> yeah. He's There's some good. He's we get some set. good CGI in this bit as well because they've got that. But then they also they have that bit where they're in the room with the orc, and they've yes. got the huge orc that they fight. Ugh. And then there's, there's the thing with the fire whip and all that sort of stuff. That's pretty good. How do you feel about the orcs as villains in general? I don't mind them. I didn't. I used to quite like Warhammer when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. These so yeah, I, they're they're pretty creepy, man. 
Yeah, yeah. They are, they, I mean, the main one who fights, he's got quite a scary face. He's got like a kind of William Wallace, Braveheart, Mel Gibson kind of vibe. <laughs> yes, they have uh, the, the I small... Let me tell you, by the way, I'm glad I do not have a Mel Gibson type <laughs> When you were you, there was that time in your life where you wanted to have half of your face tattooed blue and half yeah. of, half of it tattooed white. I'm so glad that I don't have a Mel Gibson tattoo. That phone call. I had Lakers tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that did not turn out well. No, um, for many of the same reasons. Can we get sued on a podcast? Let's leave Mel Gibson alone. I don't. So think then so. we, we just say the, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Good. Nice work. Yeah. And you were here for something. Thank you. So then, <laughs> then Gandalf steps up. He saves everyone, kills all the stuff, helps everybody out. This is when he does the line, you shall not pass. I want to hear your impersonation of this line. <laughs> well, it just makes me think of Monty Python. None shall pass. Yes, that was that was all right. Try again. Do you shall not pass? Give us that accent. You shall not pass. That's all right, but you've got to get angry. You need to move away from the mic a bit and shout. You shall not pass! That was good. Taylor's really good at impressions, by the Thank way. Thank you. There's some killer impersonations, so that was a good one. <laughs> um, yeah, nice work. He saves everyone, but then he dies. Yeah, you see, this, this is... This, this, uh, Spoiler alert, he doesn't die. He Comes doesn't die, but he dies, and then he ends up... We're only into the part where they... like. So at this part, I thought we had gone to elf heaven, because apparently Frodo gets hurt, then he wakes up, and he's in elf heaven, but it's not really elf heaven. They've just colorized it to look like heaven. Yeah. And and then... Liv Tyler's there, though. What? Liv Tyler's there. So maybe he's in heaven. So he's there in heaven with Liv Tyler, and, uh, and then Gandalf's there, and then... And then Bilbo Baggins is there. Like, everyone's just there. Yeah. There's not much explanation of anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I've written, if I show you my notes, which I don't generally do, I've written in block capitals here with a with a square around them. This is where the film could easily lose an hour. Yes. Yeah, this whole bit. Well, I mean, this is this is a criticism for me. I think that this bit could easily lose an hour. As soon as we get... Kate Blanchett on the screen and she talks and stuff. Then it just gets a bit mystical and magical. And for yeah. a whole hour, nothing really happens at all. This film would have been much better at two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Nothing happens. And there's no explanation of, of most of it. Like that's the thing that drives me crazy in this is that like Gandalf, we get this idea that he is this all powerful wizard that it seems yeah. like the only thing that's more powerful than him is the ring. And yeah. yet, the guy who's trying to get the ring is already more powerful than Gandalf. And the cliff is more powerful than Gandalf. Yes! Because oh. this is the thing. If he's powerful, he does need his staff, though. I think he needs his staff. Maybe that's the problem. Because he gets stuck, doesn't he, Saruman, when he finds out that his friend, played by uh, Christopher Lee, uh, who's a great villain, by the way. I mean, he's very good. You know, he's in Dracula. He's been a bunch of horror movies. He's a good villain. Um and he kind of sends that up a little bit when he's in Dark Shadows. He plays like a comic villain. And I think he's terrific. He plays the villain in this, Saruman. But he kind of banishes Gandalf to the top of the, the tower that he lives in. And Gandalf can't get down. Yeah. I mean, an all-powerful wizard. Can you get all, get you should be able to yeah, yeah, magically make an elevator or something. Yeah. I mean, I, even, what even is, um, 
Harry Potter can make his wand fly across the room if he needs it. So this, so his staff is like a wand, right? Like, th- yeah. this is another thing that these kind of movies that I have a hard time with. The staff is not powerful by itself, but the wizard without the staff is not powerful. Got to have the two. Got to have the set. You got to, yeah, you, they got to be together. Yeah. I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, you, it's no good having the power lead. You need the USB plug too. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You've, you've got to have you've the two it. things. You've nailed I mean, it. I don't know. Surely, if he's going to slip off the cliff, he's got enough power to make his hands super strong, to make <laughs> a ledge appear, to make himself fall and not hit the ground, to right. float for a few seconds. Right. Something. He's got a bunch of options, but he just falls and dies. Not we're the best at, death in this movie, though. We're, the best death in this movie is coming up. We're at an hour right now. You know that? Yeah, that's okay. Don't we're we're almost on the last page. Because the movie's about to finish. So they sail down the river, uh, <laughs> they're hiding Frodo, they're fighting bad guys, they go through those two big statues, which reminded me of the never ending story, you know, where the guy has to um go through the between the two statues, get zapped by the eyes. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, I kinda like epic. You oh, they, they feel epic to you? I like stuff that's really big. I like when things are, sometimes when I work, like you ever work on, a, you you know, never did a cruise ship, right? No, I've been on a cruise ship. <laughs> oh, okay. So when sometimes when you're on a cruise ship and you go outside and you look around and the sea is everywhere, you can't see anything. Right. You ever imagine like something just huge rising out of the sea, like so big that you can't even imagine. It just oh, yeah. comes out of the sea and it could. I find that quite scary. And so I think that things are, like I once went swimming in an Olympic pool and I got scared about how big that was. Yeah, because you don't know. We assume even, we're even okay. In a pool, I'm like, you know what? I know I'm in a swimming pool, but I'm so far away from the side. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, yeah. yeah, most of life is us just pretending we're safe and everything's okay. But at any moment, something could destroy us. Yeah, so I like epic. I like big size stuff. That's pretty good. So now we get into a huge battle. This is where everyone's fighting all at the same time. And they fight the orcs. And Sean Bean... Uh, he gets shot by an orc, and you think he's dead, but then he gets back up, and he kills a few more orcs, then he gets shot again. He's got arrows he's just st- sticking out of him. Yeah, he gets back up again. Yeah. He fights a few more orcs. Yeah. Then he got shot again, but he yeah. jumps up, and he slays one more orc. And then finally, he's laying there, because you think that the orc, the main orc who's going to kill him, is about to finish him off. Yeah. But then Vigo, yeah. Vigo Mortensen, leaps in, shows us his sword skills, Cuts the main orc's arm off. Cuts the main orc's head off. Yeah, that and he gets was down to Sean Bean. They share a tender moment. Yeah, Sean Bean dies. Sean Bean, by the way, I think has died more than any other actor in TV and film. He's died really? twenty-three times. Yeah, wow. On screen. Yeah, apparently this one's his favorite. I mean, he gets his head cut off in Game of Thrones, so that's pretty good too. Wow. Yeah. And he made that since this, so maybe that's his new favorite. But at the time of filming, this was his favorite. <laughs> yeah. 26 times? Uh, 23. 23, 23 times. times. Yeah. Whiz. And Vigo gets down and he talks to him. And Sean Bean gives like a speech and he's sweating. And I thought to myself, I haven't seen anybody die like this since Jim Carrey pretended to die in the mask. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he goes through all the characters. Tell Mama I said I love yeah. her. And he all these just voices. keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, that's what Sean Bean's death is like. Yeah. And just when you think he's about to close his eyes, he has like another line. Yeah, it's, it's kind like, of, but wait. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. I like that. So uh, it's almost like uh, 
you know, Aragon's getting a bit bored, like, oh, come on, just die. Jesus. I've been, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. And he hands him the knife, which apparently is like a, like a noble thing. I thought it was so he could like walk away and, and, and then he could off himself. Oh like no, a mercy. He, he dies holding his sword like a warrior. Yeah. He's clutching it in front of himself. Yeah. Yeah. So the rest of the fellowship, that's it. There's not many of them left. And, um, Frodo gets into a little chat as well. And Aragon says, you know, Frodo's got to go on his own. So he heads down the mountain, he gets in the boat and he starts to sail. But Sean Astin catches him up because Goonies never say die. Yeah. And he can't and, uh, swim. Yeah. And he can't swim, but he still heads out and, and he they, nearly dies. But and Frodo gets down and saves him. It's like a, it's like a reverse Titanic ending. Yeah. And the two of them kind of, that's how the movie ends. I they kind of both get in the boat and they head off. And now the journey is just them two. Maddie said, she's like, this is the only time I felt anything during this movie is when, when he saved his friend. I'm like, that's really the whole point of this movie is a guy was nice to his friend. <laughs> yeah. Talk about doing things epically. The credits for this movie are 25 minutes long. I did not watch the credits. What no, did I, I mean, miss? I didn't either, but I, but I, did think like, <laughs> I thought, oh, this finished like at least 10 minutes earlier than I was expecting it to. And I pressed pause on the DVD and I saw how long was left. And I'm like, oh, the credits are 25 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, the credits are a third long as Stand By Me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have, uh, there's some great music in this film too. I mean, Howard Shaw did the music for this. Um, and he, usually when someone works on a movie, they kind of spend six weeks putting the, mu- the music together. Howard Shaw's involvement on this movie was two years, apparently. Wow. And it's kind of like, this film is just about epicness, really. I mean, certainly you can't, replace quant- uh, quality for quantity but this movie gives you a lot yeah you know everything's huge there's a ton of people in it they made like 18,000 costumes uh, for the for the movie there's a ton of extras in it there's loads of cgi it cost 300 million to make the trilogy yeah it's the longest film ever the credits are 25 minutes long everyone that worked on it worked on it more than anyone else like it's just this everything about this film is huge this is the struggle i have with critiquing any film is that at the end of the day it's a wonderful film like it's a brilliant film and it's well made i just don't like it you know what i mean like for me to critique it it would be like asking someone who doesn't like pizza to just to describe the pizza it's like i know this is a brilliant film i know a lot of work was put into it i know it did things that no film had ever done i know it made a ton of money i just have no desire to ever watch it again (laughs) (laughs) oh man but i know some people love it and that's great some people really do love it yeah and um you know I, i i honestly i've changed my mind i mean i had to make a ton of notes on this movie Because one of the places that I get lost in films like this is that all of the names are quite, there's so much unfamiliarity, isn't there? When, you know, you watch a movie and the characters are called like Steve and Dave, it's kind of, it's easy to remember. But when every name is something that you've never heard that name before, (laughs) that that can be tricky to keep up with. Boromir, Aragon, Frodo, (laughs) etc. That was another thing Maddie kept laughing at. She's like, okay, one of them's named Sam or Samwise. Like, that's pretty easy to remember. And the rest of them are crazy. And she's like, what's the one guy's name? Froyo? <laughs> so the rest of the movie, I just kept thinking of Fro- Froyo. Frozen yogurt. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I mean, it's it's kind of, that, that can be a struggle. And the plots are very convoluted and anything can happen. And, you know, they're jumping around the timeline a lot. And you kind of, even when you haven't seen the movie, 
you've heard of Lord of the Rings and you're aware of the Tolkien books. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but actually Ian McKellen based his voice as Gandalf on J.R.R. Tolkien's original voice. Um, that's who he's kind of, it's not an impersonation, but the oh, accent wow. and everything is based, based on his voice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, you're still aware of the story a little bit because it's so powerfully important in literature, in, uh, in literature terms. Um, you know that there's so much more to come. And so sometimes the specter of what isn't happening in the film can loom over the film as well. Cause you're thinking like there's little bits you've heard of and you think, when is that going to happen? It doesn't happen. And there are mm. characters like Gollum who, you know, and you're constantly thinking, when's Gollum going to be in this movie? Like that's all everyone ever right. talks about. And he's not in this film. And then the bad guy, Saruman, you don't see him that much. And it's kind of like, it's going to be an epic. I mean, we're going to do two more episodes on this. Are we doing, is Star Wars on this list? Star Wars is on this, yeah. Okay. I'll save my thoughts on Star Wars then. Yeah, don't tell. (laughs) So I mentioned it earlier because we picked already because I wanted to plan out, um, I I wanted to plan out the next episode. uh, I wanted to plan out my specials that I'm making. And it's going to be Ryan Gosling. Um, You do quite a bit of work for this podcast. Dude, I do so much work for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, the, well, we've got to rate the film before we do the ending stuff. So, out oh, you of were 10, gonna, you were going to mention the the next film. Oh, you want to wait? You want to rate the, rate I, this and then we'll do it. I'll do. We'll do the rating first. So we okay. finish Lord of the Rings and then I'll talk about. The you next go podcast. first because I've gone first the last two times. I don't think so. The first time when we did, um, let's go back and take a look because I always write the motto. So the first time we did Stand by Me, I rated first at a nine, and then you came in at an eight. And then when we did Amelie, you rated first and you rated at a, a nine. And I also rated a nine. Okay, so you're up. Go ahead. You're up. Am I first? Okay. So I was going to, I was initially heading into Lord of the Rings thinking I was going to give it a four. Um, but, which is, I know is pretty low. Um, it feels unfair because there's a lot of work went in this film and it is amazing if you like this kind of film. But when I not- don't, but I was still able to grab some enjoyment out of it once I knew more about it. And actually, I'm not dreading the next one. That was the problem. I pressed play on this film, dreading the next four hours. Oh. So, are you? Are we also, rating this? But this is our personal rating. Yeah, that's right. This our is how much rating. we like it compared to other films we like. I guess I'm just trying to put it in uh, in context. In that the next movie as well, I'm not dreading because I already know the characters. I understand the world that this film exists in now. So okay. that's going to change things. I think. I feel like a six or a seven. I'm going to go 6.5. Okay. That's my rating 6.5. How about you, buddy? This is so tough, man. This is so tough because again, I know this is a a wonderfully made movie and a lot of people worked hard on it. And I know that it connects with a lot of people, but, but I hate, I hate pickles, right? Like, I hate pickles. I don't enjoy pickles. The flavor of pickles to me is disgusting. When you say pickles, you mean what I would refer to as a gherkin. like on a Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not enjoy them at all. I I think they're disgusting. Every time I put one in my mouth, I nearly vomit. And I would rather eat an entire jar of pickles than watch this movie again. So what do I rate it? (laughs) And yet I know some people love pickles. Roger Ebert once described a film he hated. He said, uh, I once had a 20-minute colonoscopy, and I enjoyed watching that on screen more than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go. 
I'm gonna have to go with like a four, man. It's brutal. It's brutal, but I feel like that's that's for me. There's very few movies less than a four for me. <laughs> yeah, It'd have to be pretty tough to make a. Yeah, there are some on this list that I don't like more than this, but we'll find out when we get there. So. Taylor's on a four. I'm on a 6.5. That is Lord of the Rings. Next week, it's going to be La La Land, the Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone movie. Um, I chose it already because uh, I was planning out specials that I'm making. One of the specials which is coming up is Ryan Gosling, my top five films of his. Um, I watched five today. I'm aiming to watch every single <laughs> Ryan Gosling movie. How many films so, are the, has he been in? Oh, dude, there's a bunch. I have a list here. Let me take a look. You're going to watch um, every movie Ryan Gosling is in before you record this this episode yeah and i'm and i'm planning to record the episode next week um or because i'm trying to do like a little special sort of at least every other week if not every week so now i've got the jump the shark thing which i can do pretty easy because i know all about that um so the ryan gosling thing might come the week after i mean it can't happen until at least after the la la land episode so let's have a look ryan gosling um yeah He's got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 24, Oh, dude, there's like over 30 films. <laughs> You're going to watch them in less than a week? Well, I've seen a bunch of them already, so that's pretty good. <laughs> um, the only one I'm really struggling to find, I can't find it on like Amazon or anywhere. So if anybody's listening to this and can tell me where I can possibly watch Ryan Gosling's first movie from 1997, which is called Frankenstein and Me. Um, I believe it also has Burt Reynolds in it. If you can tell me where I can find that movie to watch, I'll really be thankful. Please do. If you know where I can watch that movie, um, let me know because I'd love to see it. Or if you have it somewhere, or if you can like get it and somehow send it to me or something just so I can find this goddamn movie because I've looked everywhere and I can't find it. So um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all of them. I'm really going to try and then I'm going to pick the best five. I mean, this episode of Brian Gosling Top 5 Films will be like 10 minutes long, and it will have taken me at least 60 hours of movie watching to make. Man, you could have watched Lord of the Rings twice in that time. Oh, dude. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Yeah, see you next week for La La Land. Good job, man. <laughs> you did great. Thanks for doing the work <laughs> so I could just talk crap. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.